You are Locked On Mets, your daily New York Mets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello to all you amazing Mets fans. You're listening to Locked On Mets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Mets your first listen every day. Locked On Mets is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. On the show today, I was joined by Javi Reyes, host of Locked On Padres, for a crossover show as we recap this series between the Mets and the Padres, where the Mets were ultimately victorious. First segment, we'll recap the most recent game. Second segment, we're going to discuss the series as a whole, and then we'll close things out. Looking at these two teams and the teams ahead of them in their respective division as the Dodgers and the Braves have once again gotten off to a good start. Before we get to any of it, though, I'm your host, Ryan Ficklestein. If you want to find in my work, follow me on Twitter, at FicklesteinRyan. You can also find some of my writing at JustBaseball.com, where I work as the managing editor. There is nothing like a locked-on crossover with the Mets and the Padres, two of the most exciting teams in the National League, especially after a series victory from your Mets. I'm your host, Ryan Ficklestein of Locked On Mets. Got Javi Reyes of Locked On Padres here. Javi went to the game today, had a good time, but uh, ultimately not the result you were looking for. No, absolutely not. But of course, you know, I'm, I'm unbothered. Um, by the result, you know what I mean? You got to give the Mets at least something uh, after what happened last year in the playoffs. You know, you had the the SNY broadcasters trying to, uh, you know, push forward this narrative that Joe Musgrove, two days after saying he didn't like what the Astros did, that he then decided to cheat himself on national TV. So, look, they had to do it. They had to at least win a series. And to be honest, as much as I could pretend and sit here and pontificate about it, a fine series. I'm not mad about it. The Mets have a fun team. Uh, it's really cool in baseball to see a team that's spending as much as they do. And I got to see a Juan Soto super nuke a Megalodon just just bottle rocket missile. And I also got to see a Francisco Lodoro, Brad. So to be honest, not the worst result in the world. Although there are some trends, I think, about the Padres that are a little bit worrisome, I think, so far. Yeah, well, Juan Soto gets a, a nice fastball served right up to him down the middle from Tyler McGill. Puts it, uh, I don't even know if you call that in the seats on the bridge. I mean, he destroyed it. Oh, yeah. Um, so that gave the Padres the early lead, but the Mets, you know, they're able to battle back. Brandon Nimmo, big day, three hits for him, couple of RBI knocks. Uh, one, though, Juan Soto, uh, he giveth and he taketh. What was your vantage point on a fly ball that he clearly should have caught? So for so I was at the game, which I've mentioned many times, uh, just to flex it a little bit more. It was very fun. Had some really great club seats. Um, from my perspective, also it was, and I, I checked out the replay too. This has just been an ongoing trend, and I think this is one of those ongoing things that I've had an issue with with the Padres. Xander Bogarts even made a little bit of a mistake in the Braves series, and this is like the fourth mistake I've seen from Juan Soto. Some people might say, "Oh, it was a little bit of a miscommunication," right? that maybe Grisham, he should have kept going for it or whatever, and that Juan Soto pulled up. Yes, but like given how many errors and how much stuff we saw from Juan Soto on defense, especially last year, it's it's just becoming a recurring issue, which is that what if this guy is really just an atrocious defender and that's going to take away from 
his F4 total and everything that he can do on the offensive side of things. So like you said, he, he giveth, he hit that home run super bomb that literally hits that little city field, like almost street sign on that bridge. And it was loud when it hit it. There's definitely some like poor bystander that was like walking by. <laughs> which just like whoa <laughs> they just thought that they were at like what a, just happened yeah they were like what just happened um so that was especially because it's an away game so people aren't necessarily cheering they're just like oh <laughs> that's my favorite thing when you're at a, a stadium and like the other guy hits a bottle like, oh <laughs> it's like oh that's not good um it's just like a quiet like thing like when some stand-up comic makes a joke that isn't great and everyone's like shutters or whatever it's kind of like that um but yeah, it's a recurring thing, I think, and that's the Padres' defense has just been left a lot to be desired um, in a lot of ways. You've got, yes, you have Bogarts, yes, you have Manny, and Grisham's pretty good too. Same thing with Jake, but a lot of people playing different positions, and the Soto thing is coming an issue. And when Tatis comes back, God willing, um, bobblehead right here, by the way, um, when he comes back, there's going to be some questions. Like, he's not, a, he, we haven't seen him enough in right field. I don't think he's going to be atrocious, but you can't just pencil him in for being good there just because oh he's got incredible athleticism and and uh arm strength that doesn't necessarily equate to being a good defender you need reaction time you need to judge things better so we're gonna see how that transpires but yeah and then a blake snell start that was a uh, well a blake snell start that that's the thing is you know blake snell i saw some people picking him as like a cy young candidate this year thinking contract year blake snell he has gotten off to a terrible start. He was complaining today about the pitch calm a little bit. But, you know, bottom line was whatever pitch he was supposed to throw, he gave some, some pretty uh, good offerings to hit to, to Alonzo and Lindor. And he, he was wild a lot of the game, too. It, yeah. it just seems like Blake Snell in a Padres uniform uh, has just kind of been a guy that, for one, you can't really expect to get through the order more than twice. And, two, you just never really know which version you're going to get. Mm-hmm. I will say that Snell has been good as a Padre, but the problem is that it's come later. This is now going to be the third season in a row when he started really slow. His first year, he was especially slow, but last year he started off injured and then he missed like a few weeks or something like that um, and then came back, was bad for like four or five starts, and then was basically one of the better strikeout pitchers in the entire league. So I'm not like freaking out. It's just a shame that like we're hoping that he can kind of, you know, get out on things, be be good Snell earlier instead of later on in the year, which granted I'll still take. And that's going to be good, especially for this Padres team that has a few questions with the rotation. But they, um, yeah, it's rough. The high fastball, I don't think I've seen anyone swing at that all year. I swear. <laughs> I haven't seen one person chase after. And that's usually when you can tell. Those high elevated fastballs that just, his regular fastball, it's not like it's going to go super straight, but that high one, it's like he can't hit the top of the zone. And that's just been an issue with him for a while now. I remember some, I saw someone tweet the other day where they were like, I can't wait for Blake Snell when he's doing his experimenting with the changeup and the curveball. Can't wait when he just does what he always does, which is he abandons those almost entirely. Then he just throws what he's really good at, and then he's awesome again. So it's not like a panic time. It's just a, yeah, I wish that contract year he could have gotten to it a little bit faster, but Unfortunately, we're probably gonna have to wait a little bit longer before he becomes a little bit more of a consistent and dominant force, uh, which I think he will be. I really do. I don't think that we've seen anything that's given me too much pause, at least so far. Yeah, I, I mean, it's early for for all of these guys. You know, I I can't get too carried away with Tyler McGill being awesome in April like he was last <laughs> year because then May came around, he got hurt, and 
you know, we still don't know what version of McGill the Mets are going to get throughout the season. Mm-hmm. Snell's at least a more proven commodity. Uh, I will say that this was kind of a quintessential game where this Mets team was just grinding at bats. Yeah. They walk seven times. They strike out seven times. Uh, they got eight hits. I think I was doing the math on that. They got on base in like 40% of their plate appearances. You mm-hmm. saw it top to bottom. Tommy Pham uh, is a guy that starting off kind of good, scaring me a little bit. I didn't expect much from Tommy Pham. I actually made a, a bet with my audience that if he had an OPS over, I want to say it was 750 by the All-Star break, I would buy a Tommy Pham jersey. It's over 750. I'm scared. I'm very scared. <laughs> I don't want a Tommy Pham jersey next to my Jonathan VR jersey, but but we're heading oh, that man. way, man. He's uh, and look, I appreciate his picture, which makes it look like he just got called up from like high school ball to hit in a major league game. <laughs> like he just like looks so shocked every time. Former Padre and all that. And yeah, I mean it, that could that's another thing that maybe could actually go Snell's way. Uh, assuming they don't face them in the playoffs, of course, that would be an issue. But it's a really tough matchup for a guy like Snell who uses a lot of pitches. He likes working the count or not liking it, but that's what he does. Um, and the Mets are not a super strikeout prone lineup, really. So it's a tough one for him. He is a type of team that would much rather Blake Snell face a team like the Yankees, you know, face teams like that that are a little bit more home run or nothing, because that's when he really tends to work a lot better. Like the Giants, I guarantee you he's going to throw like a practically a perfect game for six innings against that team. Uh, But against the Mets with Canna, with these little pests, you know what I mean, that you have in your lineup. That's what they are, like him and Nimmo. Nimmo doing his run to first base, you know, that he always does. Like, that's it's a really tough lineup uh, for him to face, which is why, despite the Juan Soto home run, I was like, yeah, I mean, Blake Snell starting today, though. It's early, and it's a tough lineup. Um, I think it's also one thing that I think is an underrated storyline is the Padres have been ex- in extension talks with quite literally everybody. Just name them, they've and they've, extended most of them from Cronenworth to Manny, right? Like basically everybody to, to Darvish and Musgrove. You haven't heard a peep about that, about Snell. And I think that's because they are ready to kind of move on and they think inefficient. We don't want to have this guy who we don't think that's going to age well either. A guy who starts way too slow in the season. What if he starts losing the bite on his, some of his better pitches? So I think he's probably gone. And I think they're going to look for, uh, someone else in the rotation to step up, like Ryan Weathers, who did step up for the team, which was very nice to see in uh, game two of the series, which was nice. Yeah, yeah. I want to talk about, about the first couple games and also Manny Machado just having a ridiculous series with the glove and even the Mets bullpen holding up pretty strong at the end of this game. We're going to get to all that in just a minute, though. Before we do, today's episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay's guaranteed fit, you can be sure that every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know that the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop at Ibn Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Now, 
Now, this game at the end, as a Mets fan watching it, I was a little scared because you know Tyler McGill gets him through five. Mm-hmm. You get to the bullpen, and mm. there's not an Edwin Diaz. You didn't get to hear Narco in the ballpark today, Javi. Instead, <laughs> at the end, it was uh, – I don't know what that Cuddy song is. I, I don't remember the – Me either, but it was him, and I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. <laughs> it's it's a it's a really dope walkout, too. I, I just don't know exactly which mm-hmm. song it is. But, you know, David Robertson, to me, is so key to this Mets bullpen. And – yeah. He comes in, in in a tough spot in the seventh inning to get the last out, then grinds through an eighth inning where luckily he was facing the bottom of that Padres lineup mm-hmm. where he threw a lot of pitches. The Mets have an off day tomorrow. So that was, uh, you know, kind of just burn it all out on, on Robertson. But this bullpen for the Mets does look like it's a little bit thin and they just kind of barely scraped it together to get past the Padres in this series. Hey, the Padres bullpen has had some issues too. Uh, they have some really good guys in there, obviously, but you know, Pomeranz is on the IL. Robert Suarez is probably going to be a little bit longer on the IL, which is unfortunate. Um, but they have some guys, right? The Bill Chris Matt has been a disaster so far after a pretty good season last year. But you know, Stephen Wilson, that guy's really good, and I think is trying starting to ascend. He's shown he showed signs last year. You've got Hader, who did scare me in a game two, absolutely. Uh, he scared me for. In fairness, only like, you know, 0.3 seconds. I, of course, am undeterred uh, most times when watching the Padres with the lead. But it was still worth pointing out. That dude, you can tell very early if he's he beats himself. You know what I mean? He can beat himself sometimes. But for the most part, uh, I think he just had this really weird phase last year where he just forgot how to pitch for two weeks. Um, and thankfully, it seems he's grown out of that. But yeah, the Padres have some issue there. But it's somehow not even the number one thing. For me, to be honest, it's been like this weird lineup where Hassan Kim and Xander Bogarts are the highest OPSs. One of those is probably expected, not the other one. Um, and it's, you know, Machado, really, really slow start for him offensively. You mentioned the glove. That was awesome. Um, but we'll, we'll, we'll see. I, I don't know if this team is going to make another trade. Oh, I should have mentioned that. I, at the game, I swear on everything. As I was walking in, I think I ran past AJ Preller. Uh, yeah. This is a real thing. I it was this guy who was like reased like a little bit shorter than me, and he was on a phone like speed walking by, and I like had a pause because, and some fans might be like, "Oh, dude, why didn't you say hi or anything like that?" I'm sorry, I didn't expect the GM to just be there. You know what I mean? Like at, at the fan entrance, my only explanation would be that maybe it's just you know it's an away ballpark. Maybe it was his first time. He didn't know where the heck he was going. Like that seemed. <laughs> the only thing but oh man i mean it was like a it was like seeing a like a celebrity it was like seeing god like it was amazing it really was so i was really happy unfortunately it did uh result in a w um but if i if i could have talked to him i would have told him also uh can we figure out this um luis campuzano thing the hive is strong the campuzano hive i mean we're growing in numbers uh some would say we're growing faster than apple in the 1990s uh, like really just going up there. But once again, Austin Nola in the lineup. Wouldn't shock me if he's in the lineup for this Brewer series to start. I'm waiting because in one of these games, in the second game where Manny also made that really gorgeous uh, spin move throw to first base, he went three for four with a double. And yeah. Austin Nola is slugging like 0.97 right now. And Campizano, it's just, I don't understand how a guy who has that much potential is being blocked by him. Uh, maybe when Musgrove gets back, that'll be a sign for him to catch two days. But my other thing that I would also complain about with the Padres is 
Blake Snell, I know he doesn't reportedly like pitching to him, but if you're not pitching well, I don't think you get the benefit of the doubt for that much longer, especially when there's this high potential young catcher. And it's not like you have prime Pudge Rodriguez behind the plate. Yeah, I get it if you have a superstar catcher or even just a a pretty serviceable one, you know, like your your like what the Braves have with uh Travis Darno, even right, former Met, not to bring back uh, bad memories, but like no, they don't have that. They have a guy who doesn't hit the ball very hard. He doesn't swing at too much bad pitches, but and also the Mets ran crazy on him. He doesn't throw out runners, and teams have been doing this all year. So I just don't understand why he gets uh, so many back to back days. To be honest with you, when Campuzano has more potential. Well, you know what? It's funny you mentioned that because it's a, a very similar situation to what the Mets got going on with Alvarez right now. Mm-hmm. You know, they call him up because Nervaez uh, hits the IL, and I will say, you know, I, I was not you know, campaigning to see Alvarez to start the season. I do think he needed more seasoning in mm-hmm. AAA. And we saw it in that at bat against Josh Hader. You know, a, a big issue that you, you can look at with, with Alvarez is getting exposed to high heat and, you know, not laying off those pitches. And literally Josh Hader just says, I'm going to throw seven balls at your eyes. I know. It was crazy. <laughs> you're going to swing at three of them. At the same time, Tomas Nito gives you nothing offensively and – you know, Alvarez is here at a certain point. What these guys need more than anything is MLB reps. We saw it last year with J rod, like Julio Rodriguez did not start off his career incredibly well. It took some time to, to go through that learning curve. And I think you got to, you know, give these guys the opportunity. You have top prospects that are catchers that can actually maybe give you something on offense, which is rare in baseball. You know, they're not going to learn just sitting on the bench. I mean, today, the SNY crew showed a lot of shots of Alvarez talking with Buck Showalter and talking with Lindor, and that's great that he's learning. He's not going to learn any more than getting into the box and actually hitting at the big league level and catching mm-hmm. behind the plate. So these are two guys that I think both teams and both fan bases in particular are kind of just like you know banging the drum, like let's let's see the kids. You, you want to see th- those players get their opportunities because the, the upside is so immense. Yeah, and it's not like – like say not that he's been bad, he's going to be on the team, but like Mark Hanna has got like a low, you know, like 600 OPS that's going to go up. Right. Obviously, but okay. He hasn't been great, but it's a slow start. But then you look like at a guard, like a guy like Eduardo Escobar, where it's like, but this guy's like atrocious. No offense to the guy. I'm not trying to be like mean or anything, but that's, that's when it becomes more of an issue. I imagine managers are being old school and they want to give their guys time. But another thing, another difference also is, you know, Alvarez just kind of got there. Campuzano has been called up before. Yeah. His first start in major league pitching, or at least one of the first times, is like a pinch hitting situation against the Dodgers in the ninth against Kenley Jansen. I wonder how that's going to go. I, re- I take a guess how that went. Three swinging strikes. It's like, yeah, this is one of the best closers in baseball, and it's a division rivalry game. What? And at that point, he only had hit above double A for like a month. Now he's been raking in AAA for a long time, but that really frustrates me. It's just stop saying he's like this future at catcher and then not using him, right? If you had a better catcher, I understand. If you had Yasmani Grandal there, I understand, right? But I just it, it is really frustrating. But it's a similar situation. Um, but thankfully, I don't. Again, the hive is growing. Uh, the three for four game is there. You can see even the way he swings the bat. Like this is it's going to happen. And everyone's going to realize this has been the most slept on catcher in baseball. And it's going to be a guy the Padres have under control. And he's going to be phenomenal as they win their, you know, 115th game of the year. 
it's going to be really great. And I think I'm very excited for when that moment finally comes, even if it's taken a longer time than I thought. 115 wins is, is uh, <laughs> a little bit low, I think. I think they're going to yeah. win more than that, honestly. Um, we're, we're, I think we should, we should actually zoom out a bit and, and look at where these two teams are um, in relation to just kind of the, this, the rest of this season and, and how they're going to kind of factor in as supposed heavyweights uh, in their respective divisions in this league. We're going to get to all that in a minute, though. Before we do, today's episode is brought to you by Rocket Money. Try it free for 30 days. Just enough time to try it, right? That's something we've heard a million times, but then you completely forget about the subscription. And in fact, over 80% of people actually forget, and you could be wasting money not even realizing it on all of these subscriptions. That's what Rocket Money does. They help you find those forgotten subscriptions so you can stop paying for the ones you don't use. I don't know if you know this, but Americans spend they think $80 a month on subscriptions but it's actually closer to $200. If you don't know exactly mm. how much you're spending every month, you need Rocket Money. It's a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending and helps you lower your bills all in one place. Over 3 million people have used Rocket Money saving the average person up to $720 a year. Stop throwing your money away. Cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash locked on MLB. That's rocketmoney.com slash locked on MLB. Rocketmoney.com slash locked on MLB. Now, after you go to Rocket Money, if you want a delicious treat, you got to get some built bars. Javi, how much do we love built bars? Uh, we we adore them. Uh, we talk about it in our group chats all the time. Every time we, we have built bar ad reads, everyone is just like, we love these things. I text the chat. I'm like, hey, what's your guys' favorite flavor? Everyone agrees with me. They're like, oh, man, like I, I have this one and this one. Everyone loves them at Lockdown. It's really great stuff. Uh, and Cherry Barcia is my particular favorite. Ooh, um, Cherry Barcia. That's mm, a good one. It's a good mm -hmm. one. I, I personally like the Churro Puff. There's so many delicious flavors to choose from, all coming low in calories, low in sugar, but high in protein, high in fiber. You don't have to wait around for a box anymore either. I texted you guys in the group chat one time. I was in a Walmart, and I found some Bilt Bars in the pharmacy section. You can get the four-bar box there, cookies and cream, double chocolate, coconut puffs, or if you're close to a Sam's Club, run in, grab a 13-bar box of their hit flavors, the brownie batter or the churro. You can thank me later. Go to your local store and buy Bilt Bars today. Now, you and me did a podcast. It was actually about Manny Machado coming to the Mets, I think, the last time that we oh, spoke. Yeah, I forgot about that. So that's off the table. Machado signs an extension and we don't need to go into will Juan Soto be on, on the Mets in two years. We can save that for the off season. When we did that show though, I think both of us were of the opinion that our respective team should be considered the favorite in their respective division. Mm. And we thought, Hey, the Braves might take a step back. The Dodgers in particular, we thought they would take a step back. Start of the season. Both of them seem to be off to a better start than the Mets and the Padres. The Dodgers, all of a sudden, Jason Hayward can hit. Where did that come from? Yep. James Outman's a rookie of the year candidate. Is it just frustrating, as frustrating for me when I see the Braves consistently be great as it is for you when you just say, I thought this was the year the Padres could be like a prohibitive favorite and the Dodgers once again look like a 100-win team? It is frustrating. Now, I will say that I was not as out on the Dodgers as a lot of people, not a not an outman pun uh, intended there, because um, I was nervous. I'm in group chats with you, too, where it's like, oh, no, I see the Jason Hayward swing. What's going on? Stop. And 
that doesn't mean that I think Jason Hayward's going to be some all-star. It's just that these things add up. You know what I mean? You get something out of Syndergaard. You get something out of Hayward. If Hayward is a one-and-a-half win player for that team, it's a big deal. It just means that you have this guy that you can play maybe every two days or something who's going to hit for a decent amount of power. You know, Jason Hayward's always been a pretty good defender uh, for the most of his career. So you you look at that stuff, and it adds up, and you're like, all right, they got Gonsolin. Dustin May is – or Gonsolin's coming back. They got Dustin May. They have all these guys that you're like, yes, I, I hate to break it to people, but yes – standards and recent history should account and be taken into consideration for your rankings and stuff like that. I absolutely think that if you're going to trust the team to be like, yeah, we lost Trey Turner, we lost Gavin Lux and we're replacing Justin Turner. Yeah. Miguel Vargas has at least talent. He's got a good eye at the plate for one. Um, I think that there's stuff there and yes, they deserve a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. It's so fun to jump on the Mets and the Padres, obviously because we're not dorks. No one wants to hang out with the dorky team. Oh, look, we have James Outman on our team. I love that. No, no, no. You know what's awesome? Xander Bogarts hitting nuke bombs, by the way, one of which that uh, won the Padres basically one of the games in this series. So much for him not uh, translating, uh, according to uh, some Red Sox fans that we know. Um, That is great. It's awesome. But it also is a little bit of a misunderstanding about how baseball works sometimes. You do need the stars, but I don't think that just stacking them over and over always amounts to everything. And I think that the Dodgers and Braves are showing that the Braves are terrifying. They Michael, Michael Harris, you know what I mean? I know he's on the IL right now, but that guy wasn't necessarily being the most talked about. Then he's a rookie of the year candidate last year. And he's really awesome. Uh, it looks like in every foreseeable way. So it is frustrating. It's annoying that these teams that are just always there, always there, but I do respect at least the Dodgers spend money. You know what I mean? At, at least it's not one of those teams that, falls ass backwards into the playoffs. You know what I mean? Like the Milwaukee Brewers, right? Like the <laughs> who I literally will make fun of on every podcast. Teams like that, that don't do anything and they get rewarded with a crappy division and just some Ram Bob who just decides to go off for them, right? So, you know, it's frustrating, but to me, not all that surprising. I, I think that people were jumping a little bit off the Dodgers bandwagon a little bit too much. What do you think with you and the Braves though? Yeah, I think it's it's one of those things where the the Mets and the Padres are, are teams that have tried to take shortcuts to the contention, right? They, they've tried to mm-hmm. use free agency and, and big trades, especially on the Padres side, to shorten that window and get themselves into that, that level where they could contend early. The Braves and the Dodgers have just had a great system in place for a long time. And so they have the farm system. You know, the Braves are, are now just these merchants of these ridiculous team-friendly contracts mm-hmm. that just allows them to have the most annoying team in baseball, in my opinion, where you're like, hey, let's just lock up Orlando Arcia for three years, seven million, because, you know, he's going to be our starting shortstop and it's cheap and, you know, we just like extending everyone. Mm-hmm. It, it's frustrating, but it's, it's well-run franchises. You can't knock them. There's a reason that they have stood atop their respective divisions for a very long time. It's because they do things the right way. And it doesn't mean the Mets or the Padres can't knock them off in a year. You know, we saw the Giants do it one year. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure that, you know, whether it's in the playoffs or throughout a regular season, there will be times where the Dodgers and the Padres or the Dodgers and the Braves won't be atop. But more times than not, it feels like they will because they're just, you know, great at what they do, which is finding a way to win baseball games yeah. a lot of them absolutely it's not over look it's it's there's still so much time there is something also to be said for just having superstars that rule because then yeah. 
maybe bench guys will just step up. You know, it's totally possible for you too, right? Like, and it's, we don't know exactly who they will be, but say, you know, the, not too long ago, the Padres, uh, Mr. Jake Cronenworth was one of those. He just kind of was this bench guy that barely made the team and kind of blew up. And now he's extended for another seven years. So it's, it's totally possible. This is a team that Snell hopefully is going to get better. They're going to get Musgrove back. They're going to get Robert Suarez back. They're going to get Fernando Tatis Jr. in what can only be described as just the most beautiful coincidence in the world. They're going to get him back on 420, apparently. And then you have, um, what's it called? Just the fact that Soto, despite the home run yesterday, and Manny have started off really slow. They're not going to be 600 OPS guys. So just expecting them to be better. Grisham looks a lot better at the plate. Hassan Kim, a guy that Padres Twitter tried to trade literally every day over the offseason for some unexplained reason. Uh, all, these are pieces, and it still is okay. No one ever said it would be easy. You know what I mean? It's never going to be easy. It's always going to be annoying against these teams. And I like it because you know what? I don't care once we get to the playoffs. The Dodgers are Peyton Manning, and that's it deserves a lot of praise. They'll be remembered for a long time, but they also blow it in the postseason. So I'm not as evidenced by literally six months ago. So I'm not really scared of that part and with the extra wild card team and all that stuff. So there's, there's no reason for panic. It's I feel like these you mentioned the Giants, these giant like 100 win teams just come so sporadically and weirdly. The all time winningest team for a single season, the Seattle Mariners. It was like after they lost A-Rod, Ken Griffey Jr., and Edgar Martinez, right? And then everybody has career years. So that whole regular season thing, I think, can be a lot. It's it's a fool's game to bet on stuff like that, in my opinion, uh, a little bit sometimes. Because you just don't know what kind of weird you know, chicanery will happen that will the baseball gods will decide to uh, you know, exhibit. You'll have to see how it all pans out. But there's still a lot of hope for both of these teams. I think they're going to be fun as the season goes along, too. Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, ultimately, like, the the smart money is still on probably the Dodgers and the Braves to win this division because that's what they do. But the the Mets and the Padres are two of the most talented teams in baseball that can easily get hot for, for a couple months and, and really start rolling at any point. Um, yeah. We know that the best version of the Mets and the best version of the Padres are teams that can win the World Series this year, which is why they are going to be so much fun to cover throughout the season. And whenever our two teams meet, we'll hop on a podcast to do a crossover. Thank you all for making this your first listen today. You can follow me on Twitter at Finkelstein Ryan. Follow Javi at Javi with two eyes, Pando. Uh, and, and where else so you can find? Oh, yeah, your incredible writing at Just Baseball. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> we should plug some of the, the articles you've been doing. AJ Preller <laughs> is Russell Westbrook. I love that mm. one. Um, and, you know, today, Ryan Mountcastle. What castle? describes him best it's it's really what the people need to be reading so i want people to check those out i've had a blast editing those uh over at just baseball so make sure you check all that good stuff out and for your second listen today locked on fancy baseball you want to win your league this year you want to check them out you can find them wherever you get your podcast and on youtube part of the locked on podcast network your team every day